Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and sitting here with me, Mr. Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Kevin. It's been a coon's age, I think. <laughs> well, it was just last week, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't give out too much behind-the-scenes information here. It's not like several weeks have passed since we recorded the last episode, part two of this series. Uh, Things not to say to your pastor. Mm-hmm. Things not to say to your pastor. So let's jump in this week. Now, this is a list that we uh, compiled on a couple of Facebook groups I'm on for pastors. And these are all things that have been said to a pastor. So, um, Which makes it that much more appropriate to uh, talk about. Right. So, Pastor, Pastor Ray, <laughs> I have the gift of discernment. Now, to translate that, I think it means, I know better than you. Right. And, you know, you have all these discernment bloggers out there and podcasts and whatnot that always are there to point out. We, have, we were talking about this a little bit uh, before the podcast. There's always those people that would just want to point out everybody else's problems. Right. And that's, I think, what discernment means today is, let me critique you right. about everything. Yeah, Jesus had something to say about that, didn't he? He said, take the plank out of your own eye before you try to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And I think that has something to do, well, as the context is about sin, but discernment, if somebody's coming out of pastor, I've got the gift of discernment, and then rattles off about how bad the pastor's doing his job. Um, you know, okay, is it fair game? For the pastor to turn that around and say, "Okay, well, how are you doing in yours?" Yeah, you know, you're 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 telling me that you have this gift of discernment. You're telling me that that you're a good Christian. Yet uh, I don't see you doing anything. You're you're here criticizing what I'm doing, but you're not helping me in any way. You're not going out calling with me. You're not. Studying scripture with me, or yeah, what, what ministry are you involved in in the church? Exactly, that's exactly my point. And you know, don't just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's one thing if you know you've got some credibility. You you've been in the church. You've been a humble servant, and it's like, okay, pastor, let me tell you something. You know, God, I've been praying about this, and. No, it's more like, you know, you're a know-it-all, and you want everyone to think how great you are, and mm-hmm. you're just there to pick out problems, and it's just, that's not helpful. Yeah, it's, I'm, in the love chapter, in my writings every morning, and today I think it was, today arrogant, love is not arrogant. Well, somebody mm-hmm. like that, it's pretty arrogant thinking right. he's, you know, he's got, what, more knowledge more education more something than the pastor does and uh and it's not just a guy that i've you know i've had women come at me with that kind of stuff before too right. <laughs> yeah i you know and the, the pastor is there as a servant hopefully if i mean if he or she is not there as a servant then it's something that maybe should be handled um in a little bit different way, you know, I mean, I would think that that would be something for a pastor liaison committee or something, or the leadership committee deals with, 
and it might be one-on-one -on -one to start probably should be one-on-one -on -one, but it's something that everybody's seen not just one person yeah what, and let's add on to that you know uh, the next phrase here could be added right on after I think it's a sermon and I say this in the spirit of love pastor I say this in love and that takes care of everything, right? Yeah, right. That, I, I could say whatever I want to say to you because I'm saying it in love. Right. It's like in the military. You can say whatever you want as long as you add a sir at the end, right? That, right. Oh, you know, that, that doesn't, you know, if it's really in love, uh, maybe you should think about what you just said before you say it. Right. And, uh, you know, I, can, I don't have a whole lot of problems with people criticizing me. But if they want to go after my family, that I have a huge problem with. And yeah, I can see that. You know, don't don't tell me that my wife is doing something wrong or my children are doing something wrong, um, and you're saying that you're doing it out of love. Well, no, it comes across as you know you're you're a bossy and. You know, you're critical, and you're not helping matters any. It's tough enough to be a pastor, but imagine how hard it is for the spouse of a pastor. Uh, with, you know, the old saying is they live in a fishbowl if they live in the, the home that belongs to the church. Now, parsonages are um, going the way that they should probably uh, out at the door, but... Uh, you know, that's, uh, that can be, that, that's a tough situation. I've had people tell me, well, that's our building. That's our, that's... I pay for that building. Yeah, we, we paid for that. Well, you should have your office in that building because we set that up there for you to use as your office. Well, I, I'm the kind of guy that, for the most part, if, I have, if I'm going to get anything accomplished, i got to get out of the place I live <laughs> because... Mm. Um, you know, there's something about that for me anyway, but I think, well, less distractions typically, and uh, or like now, I mean, I'm up so stinking early, I don't have distractions because nobody else is up that early, but uh, you know, I just I if you want to talk to me about important things okay, we can sit down and talk like equals, not like you're telling me, you know, you've got it all figured out, um, you know, do it in a way that let's, let's talk about this together instead of, you know, from a down or up, uh, from top down kind of mentality that both of those statements sound like to me. Hmm. So, um, <laughs> let's move on to the next one here. Why haven't you invited uh, yourself over to my house recently? I, I I would think if, if someone did invite themselves over to to my house, I'd be offended by that. Oh man, why didn't you invite yourself over to my house recently? That is a weird one, isn't it? I mean, what? I mean I'm guessing they're, they're they're meaning why haven't you come over lately? Why haven't you visited right. us? And so but why so... didn't you invite me to come? Over? Yeah, <laughs> I mean more and more. I guess it depends on the setting, but more and more uh, home visits by a pastor are pretty rare. Um, you know, 
I, I just, though I know, one place that I was at, that was one of the criticisms that they threw at me was, well, you're not taking care of us. Well, I mean, how long have you been a Christian? Yeah. <laughs> how long have you been a part of this body? You can't sort of do some of that self-care? And, you know, can you understand that I'm trying to reach out? Why, in fact, why don't you come with me and let's go visit this person that, you know, needs some help with uh, something or wants to talk about uh, a spiritual things and, and that sort of thing instead of expecting me to automatically know that you want me in your home. Right, and I, and I think it's it's kind of rude to just invite yourself it anyway. Um, I got it. I wake up at like 2 or 3 in the morning. I will be at their doorstep by 3.30. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Then we'll um, see how much they want me to come over. <laughs> yeah, don't, you, don't try that with me. No. I, I won't mean, answer the door. <laughs> in fact, I might be calling the police. Yeah, that's um, what I would expect most people would. It. Yeah. So yeah, remember the pastor also has a life of his own and needs to attend to his family. Really? A um, life of their own? <laughs> and it's good to, you know, have dinner with your family. Yeah, now, from time to time, it'd be good to go over someone's house, and that's, and that's fine. Yeah. But, you know, to just expect it like that. It, yeah. And that's where I think that the major problem with this is that the idea that I'm expecting the pastor to make that initiative is assuming the pastor is waking up each morning thinking about me, who's focused right. on me. And not just the rest of the congregation, not just his job or his family. Right. But this guy's got to wake up thinking about me. How's Kevin Thompson doing? I got to go over his house and see what's up there. And um, it, it's really a self-centered situation that <laughs> we should all be uncomfortable with. Right. Exactly. All right. So, Ray, Pastor Ray, it must be nice to only work one day a week. <laughs> I mean, that's a stereotype, but this again, these are things that have actually been said to you. Oh yeah, that one's been said um, to probably almost every pastor that's ever went behind the pulpit. And you that's, know, I think it's a joke, but to some people, it's really not. I mean, they don't really know what the well, pastor does. You know, my wife would say that um, you know, there's some truth behind every joke. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's the the appearance is that's all you're doing is what you do on Sunday morning. Well. Let's see, how long does it take to prepare a sermon? Usually 10 hours and a lifetime of study of scripture. Yeah. <laughs> so, as, you know, uh, and then as, as, I, as I go through and prepare, preparation for a sermon, I'm rereading the passage I want to look at, I'm looking up some other things, maybe looking up illustrations or thinking of illustrations, praying about the, what's going on, doing all these things, and uh, I only do it on Sunday. That, that's amazing. <laughs> well, you said 10 hours. I mean, I'm Reformed, so we're talking 40, 50 hours. Um, <laughs> Length of sermons? Yeah, it seems like that. Um but a lot, a lot of preparation within the sermon, but the sermon is probably the, one of the things that takes the least amount of time. Especially if I'm totally visiting people at their at homes, their homes. Um, when they've not invited me. Right. Uh, but, you know, you do have hospital visits. You do have, I mean, you know, most churches that I'm familiar with are not, you know, these uh, mega church organizations where you've got tons of staff doing everything. Right. And a lot of churches I've been associated with, the pastor who does a lot of this stuff. Uh, the pastors and, and others on staff. 
So they're they're the janitor, they're the mm-hmm. bookkeeper, they are the repairman, they're they're everything. Uh, not to mention their counseling, and not to mention their own families and weddings and funerals, right? Other such things, big events like church anniversaries and having to go to having to go to community functions as well as church functions. I mean, let's add on top of that evangelism and well, we put them out yeah, there. And well, what kind what out. kind of pastor would I be in a rural setting if I didn't go to and participate in high school uh, graduation or uh, baccalaureate or whatever? Right. And you know, show up to sporting events, show up to uh, fine arts events, um, uh, go to, you know, if your community has a real strong Memorial Day celebration, you know, be there. I mean, yeah. you want to be there, you want to be a part of the community, because how else are you going to have any credibility if you're, if you're just there part of the time or not there at all? And yet, and yet... Well, you get to choose to do that. Well, no, that's part of my job. Whether you put it down in my job description or not, that is, to me, community activity is almost, it's certainly on the equal plane as what I do on Sunday morning. Yeah, and I think it's also, it's one of those statements that tells us more about you than the pastor. And it's like, you know, when you only show up once a week, Mm -hmm. that's all you see. Mm-hmm. Um, if you come to one of our prayer meetings, or if you'd come to, you know, help clean the church, or if you come to one of our work days, or, you'd see more, that there's a lot more going on. And quite frankly, honest, most of the time, if you <laughs> if you were to walk into more parts of the building than just the sanctuary on Sunday, you'd see a lot more activities going on yeah. uh, that you're completely unaware of. All right, here's another one. Pastor, so many good people have left the church. I think emphasis on good people right which i think the the insinuation here is what are you doing about this what how are you why are you driving people away well it's not like it used to be my my snarky self wants to say how come i haven't driven you away yet (laughs) i mean i understand where they're coming from with that but what's especially if it's a, a new guy and he's not like the old guy, the guy that just left. Yeah. I mean, is that on the new guy? Probably not. Um, you know, loyalty is not to one person when we're talking about the body of Christ. It's to the body of Christ. It's to everybody. And if you got a new guy coming in that needs some help with some things, don't just give him a hard time about people are leaving. And why are they leaving? You know, I mean, I'm not. I don't have time to go after people that are not going to come back anyway. Yeah. Which is ninety percent of the time, they're not going to come back unless they decide to come back. So I'm not going to go chasing after them. Well, and I would ask, you know, like the question Jesus asked when um, Nicodemus asked about being a good teacher, and he said, "Well, who is good?" And I, I look at this question: What do you mean by good people? If they're good people, why do they leave? Uh, oftentimes, um, you're just upset that your friends are gone. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of things sometimes you just don't know about why people left. And uh, these aren't 
the greatest people you may think they are. Well, and some of the times it's none of your business yeah. or my business to know why they left. Or they left because they moved uh, to the other side of town or something and they wanted to go somewhere else. I mean, if they're leaving because of some doctrinal issue or some infidelity issue about uh, you know, from the pastor or they, they got their nose bent out of shape, you know, okay, so the first two might be legitimate, but the last one just because they got their nose bent out of shape, that's sort of, sort of the job of a pastor anyway, right? right? Just to, you know, get people to come to realize that, you know, you may be, of course, using that term good about anybody is sort of ridiculous. Nobody's good. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus said, why are you calling me good? Because, you know, I mean, he knew he was good, but it was interesting. Here's another one, speaking of good. <laughs> I don't know what, what I would do if someone said this to me as a pastor. It's good that you can preach because you're not a shepherd. <laughs> it's good that you can preach because you're not a shepherd. I mean, that's, a, that's one of those, you know, compliment slash insults. Yeah, yeah it's a, a backhanded compliment. Yeah. Um... So what, I guess my immediate question to that would be, well, what is a shepherd then? Yeah. Because if a shepherd is leading, and a shepherd sometimes has to, you know, use that shepherd's crook to bring somebody back right. into the fold. So he might have to be a little bit more forceful in the pulpit when he's preaching. And, uh, you know, it's not, it, it's, I'm, <laughs> well, a good shepherd is a good pastor. I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, a good preacher is a good shepherd. Right. Um, because if you're not leading your flock well, then whatever you're saying is just oratory. Right. Um, so if your pastor is a good preacher, I think what you're trying to say is, I don't like your personality. Ah. Uh. That, that, at least, that would be my idea. Or I, I don't like your style of pastoring. Yeah. Maybe it is you know the the crooked part of the staff that are gonna dra- and I don't like that I don't want to be dragged anywhere I don't want to be convicted about my sin. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. That's just part of what I do as a pastor is convict people. I mean, and understanding that oftentimes when I preach anyway, and I share the areas that I struggle with within the context of what I'm preaching about. You know, I'm not just preaching to those people sitting in the pew listening, I'm preaching to myself too. And, you know, I think that's one area where a lot of pastors have blown it over the years, that's sort of a modernity issue, a boomer issue. Um, You know, we, I I can play church as good as anybody, probably better than most. And, um, you know, to become honest, transparent, vulnerable, all those things that authentic things that this new generation is, is wanting, which, oh, by the way, guess who wanted that long before they did? Jesus wants that, too, yeah. in his, in his uh, servants, in his, his, the people that, that serve in these different capacities within the body of Christ. 
So our next one, <laughs> again, a backhanded compliment. <laughs> Someday you'll be a good preacher. Oh, boy. <laughs> Someday That's, you'll be a good preacher. And I got a feeling that might have been said in a way to try to encourage. Yeah. But talk about poking a hole in anybody's balloon. Yeah. Someday you're going, you might. Oh, yeah, the word might. Someday you might be a good preacher. Well, well, the insinuation is you're not now. Right, exactly. You're getting better, but you're not there yet. Yeah, and you, that could be said in a much nicer way. I mean, if somebody were to say that to me, well, someday you might be a good church person. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that? <laughs> or uh, someone said this as they're shaking their hands on the way out. Nice try. Yeah. Nice try. <laughs> It's wow. like it's like you struck out or something. You know, you're, don't be condescending to a pastor. Yeah, I mean the guy or the woman. You know, for the most part, not not everyone who's been a pastor has gone to, through formal training, but they've those who that I know anyway that didn't have formal training spent an awful lot of time in the, in the word. I'd love to hear someone's you know nice try. Like, eh, you know what? You try it next week. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You're on. Let's see how, let, how you let's, do. Yeah, and don't come to me for any help because yeah. I'm not. Because well, obviously, I'm not you know better. Good. Yeah, you, you know better. So you you go ahead and you give it a shot, and we'll we'll all sit here and uh, ask you what happened. All right, here's another <laughs> one. I don't know how to. <laughs> it's one of those things where you want to be nice to someone, but it's like, what? What are you thinking? Yeah. Could you go get me a bottle of water? That's uh, why we hired you, isn't it? Oh my servant, goodness, right? somebody actually said that? Yeah. Um, wow. Oh. Wow. Um, sure, I'll get your bottle of water. You get me a cup of coffee, two creams, and three sugar, or whatever. Well, I don't know. Or I don't drink better coffee. yet, I'll get you a bottle of water, and I'll bring it back, open it, and pour it yeah. on your head, and baptize you. Now, I mean, pour it I understand, you know, the pastor is supposed to be a servant. I get right, that. But, but to presume on. that. To presume oh, no, that that's, that's, that's worse than presumption. That's uh, that's just downright stupid. Now I think every pastor wants to serve his people. Yeah. And if a pastor sees you know someone's going to need some water, I think he'd go sure, right out and get definitely, that. But to, but to just have the, the audacity. It, it's there. the it's the other part. That's what we hired you for. Right. That that's the that's a oh that's a yeah. I, I I'd, yeah I don't want to pour that water on his head too. <laughs> All right, so this is the, uh, this one speaks to me, um, and it really gets me upset. I have an autistic brother. Hmm. Uh, we have an autistic son. Shortly after his diagnosis, we had a lady in the church say to me, you never should have moved here away from your family because of your son. You made a mistake. And then after our son was diagnosed, someone said, you vaccinated him, didn't you? <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Crickets. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't even know what to say. I, yeah, I mean this goes along with uh, there's a guy, um, pastor by the name of Greg Locke who's making news, and, and I thought about inviting him on the podcast because I, I I've known this guy. I've actually interviewed him before, uh, before I knew he went crazy. But you know this guy's now famous for saying that people with autism are just disobedient; they're demon possessed. Mm. Um, Ridiculous. The, the ignorance around this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. The, let me give you the proper response when you find out your son, your your pastor's son, is diagnosed with autism. 
how can I help you? Right. Uh, let me pray for you. Yeah. Let me, you know, sometimes let me let me babysit your kids. Yeah. Um, I know it's a challenge. Again, I grew up with a, with a brother who's severely autistic, and I knew there were people who would never have us over their house because of that, because it was awkward, mm-hmm. because my brother makes weird noises. Um, he's not quote unquote normal, and you know you're not going to carry on a conversation with him. That's a huge burden on uh, on the family. Sure. Now it's a burden of love, and and, and people are going to do that. And I love my brother, and um, so does my my stepmother, my father. But it can be a burden, and you're just adding on to that. And, and the whole vaccine. Don't you, you leave your conspiracy theories outside of the church, will you? Right. Just yeah, that's probably the worst part of the internet is that all the you can't you can't walk ten feet without hearing another conspiracy yeah. theory that somebody's got. You read a blog written by some guy in his mother's basement eating Cheetos. Or you're listening to a former president. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's not even go there. But just you know what. Don't be a jerk to your pastor. Right. Um, and, and, in all of these, almost, you can see that. Well, and the thing about, you know, I think I've probably shared this before in the, on our podcast. I have bipolar disorder issues. And Is it I'm, because of the vaccination? It, it could very well be. I don't know. <laughs> From years ago. Um, but it's like, I'm upfront about that with any church that I talk to about the possibility of becoming involved with them in a leadership role as a pastor. And, um, I've even, you know, will talk about it some in a sermon if it's appropriate to do so. And, you know. I don't know what, when somebody says what uh, tries to define normal, I don't know what that is. Don't we talk about the new normal? Well, what is that? Because what's normal? What are you, what are you making a, a statement on? My normal is a lot different than your normal, Kevin, or somebody else's normal. My normal uh, can take me all over the map emotionally if I'm not using the supplement that has helped stabilize those emotions. And you know, so that because somebody has autism or Alzheimer's or Tourette's syndrome or bipolar disorder or whatever, you know, it's not due to a vaccine. I mean, it, yes, it might be due to that, but still, that's a pretty... But you don't know that. Yeah. You're you not a doctor. Shut yeah, up. Right. Exactly. And you don't... Are you, you're, tell, you're, are you telling me to shut up? But I'll, no, I'm not telling you to shut up. Well, this this is not a raining and rain. We're going to tell you to shut up. Although shutting up would be a good mo- uh, uh, thing at this point because we are kind of running out of time. Okay. All right. So um, we're going to pick this up next week. This will, Next week will be our last week in this series because <laughs> it's, it's getting us crazy and getting us upset. And uh, Ray right now is considering a pastorate. I won't give you more details than that. And I don't want this to discourage him from, <laughs> from moving forward uh, with any of the opportunities he has before him. So anyway, all right, so we're going to wrap this up here. 
the recommended resource we've been touting during the series is the article by Tom Rainer. The one sentence pastors hate to hear. The one sentence pastors hate to hear. So, join us back next week. Check out our website, www.basicbiblepodcast.org. You can find all of our previous episodes there. And uh, don't forget to join us on Face Group. A face Group. Face Group. Our Facebook We started group. a new thing. <laughs> our Facebook group where you can uh, read Ray's daily writings and uh, join in the conversation there. I, You know, I, I contribute mostly by memes. Ray does the hard work. I just drop in a meme every once in a while. And uh, I'll drop the show notes and things. Uh, but join us there. Twitter, at Basic Biblecast, and Instagram, uh, at Basic Biblecast. And you can find us on TikTok even as well. We've got, I think, two videos on there. <laughs> so we also have a YouTube page. If you're uh, all, all of our episodes, you can, you can get on YouTube as well if you're a YouTube person. Anyway... But we don't do video, at least not yet. Well, we, we have a couple of videos up there. Do we? We have okay. a couple of videos up there. Right. So until next week, have a great rest of your week. <laughs>